0: Thank you Welcome to Recovered1440.com, The Cabin Fever Sessions, Episode 1. My name's Bobby and I'm a fucking addict. (laughs) Uh, How many times have I said that after denying it to myself for many, many years? Freedom at last. Um, The aim of this podcast is to try to help people, if I'm honest, as simple as that. Um, i found a solution to my addiction as of many of my friends who I shall be bringing in as guests over the following weeks to try to impress upon you their story as well about what life was like, what they did and what life's like today. Um, part of a 12-step fellowship that wishes to remain anonymous at the level of publicity and press and they've managed to survive many years by abiding to a certain set of traditions um so i can't name what fellowship i'm part of but needless to say me and my friends are part of a 12-step fellowship if you listen to my story if you google it you'll you'll find it um and the aim of this podcast is to carry the message to the still suffering addict because for a long long time i didn't know that this life that i've got today was on offer i really didn't um my life was dark hostile frightening scary um yeah i was powerless for many years um over cocaine um any mind altering substance to be honest like i announced myself as an addict but i could get addicted to anything man i'm currently battling a fucking vicious sugar-free red bull addiction that's been raging for many moons <laughs> if i get up in the morning i have a cup of coffee i'm having 10 coffees like i'm an addict. Um, but it just so happened that cocaine was the one that ensnared me, Um, and what a powerful fucking mistress that was, Um, but yeah, these meetings that we go to, they, they take us through a 12 step process that changes our lives, like it's a spiritual program, but it has a psychological aspect to it that changes a person, and You know, I'd go into these I'd be fucking smashed and I'd go into these rooms and they'd be showing me this book and talking about a higher power and I'd think I'll fuck off, do you know what I mean? But thank God eventually I reached the point where I was willing to listen. Um so our book is a textbook and it tells me to tell you what it was like, what I did and, and what my life's like today. And for me, like addiction, I understand today that The problem that I suffer with is a fear-based illness that lives in my mind, you know, the drugs were a solution to that problem, I had to get out of my head, um, and from childhood really, like, I was just ill at ease, uncomfortable, I felt lost, I felt scared, I know that today, I didn't know that at the time, consciously aware of what other people might be thinking or saying, um, and just very, very frightened, if I'm honest, like, I grew up in Canning Town, which is a very masculine environment, and... Trust me, like, I've done the work, I've done the 12 steps, I'm not a masculine man, <laughs> I'm a very sensitive boy, um, but I knew what to say to fit in, and you know that's where the manipulation started, I think, in order to feel more at ease, um, which I never did um and as a kid i, I remember picking fag butts out of my nan's ashtray and smoking those and then that progressed to realizing i could get fags from the pub machine and then go over to school and smoke 20 silk cut on my own until i felt really sick and then i'd do that again um very strange behavior or like was, i'd obsess about sweets or toys and then when i got those things i didn't want them anymore or i'd have them and i'd, I'd just want more um trainers the latest trainers I like to have or i'd rent games from the video shop and they'd be calling me a month later or leaving messages on the voice on the answer machine like uh, can you bring that game back like no i haven't completed it just completely self-absorbed in my own little world um fruit machines i've got addicted to fruit machines that was another one as a kid i bought an engineer's book out of loaded magazine that taught me loads of tips and tricks on fruit machines um no kid like would obsess over those things or it'd be football one week, cricket the next, karate the next it was just always more and more more and I understand today that that's a spiritual malady that's a hole in my soul that I've been trying to fill with clothes, women, um, fucking drugs, music everything I've been doing to try to fill this hole in my soul um, I understand that today, I didn't understand that at the time and my first sense of ease and comfort was smoking a. a, a I was going to say a weed joint, it wasn't weed, it was puff back then um, and feeling yeah a sense of ease and comfort until like I'm an addict right if I have one I can't stop so that day I think I greened out and I remember going home spewing up all over the carpet falling asleep my stepdad coming in me pretending just to have spewed and him going oh if you've had something we're going to have to get your stomach pumped and I was like no I'm fucking haven't had anything like don't threaten a kid with a stomach pump they don't know what that is um so yeah but going back to it you know I I went back to it after that that's a sort of traumatic thing to happen like um, but that's what an addict does you know it goes back Um, and yeah and cocaine was just flooded in the East End in them days you know like the pub was just awash with it and if your mates weren't doing it they were selling it or your dad's mates would be doing it you know it was just ridiculous and I used to look at them around the pub and think you sad bastards I was 18 when I had my first Lion And I always liken it to the same experience. I was all meek and mild. And I went into the toilet like Clark Kent. And I had that line. And I came out like Superman. Bang. Right. Now I've found a way to successfully live my life. You know. I thought I'd uh, found this superpower. Um, And yeah. Slowly developed what was to be just the thing in my life that outlasted everything else. It was a cruel fucking mistress. Um. Yeah, no one sets out to become an addict, you know. But I understand what I suffer with today, that I'm allergic to drinking drugs. Like, I couldn't couldn't hear that in the meetings. I couldn't understand that I'm allergic to drinking drugs. Like, I have an abnormal reaction to a substance. Um, And my sponsor this time, he explained it, like, if you ate a strawberry, Bob, and your eyeball popped out, you wouldn't eat strawberries. That's an allergic reaction. But what happens inside of me is an internal reaction where once I've won I just can't fucking stop I'll go for days until I run out of money collapse or just can find no other way to carry on Um, so yeah um, I functioned for a long time functioned inverted commas you know but what started off as a weekend thing just crept in slowly Um, and over time it outlasted people places jobs opportunities you know it (sighs) absolute carnage absolute carnage 20 years of chaos and carnage I'll give you one example of powerlessness I was seeing a girl and she went out and I was working from home uh, in her flat in in Rayleigh and I decided I was only going to go and get a half because it was only going to ever be a half you know and I fucking drove like a maniac from Rayleigh to Wickford and on the way I hit an oil slick and I crashed this BMW and it went over and over and over and Mm -hmm honestly like time slowed down I thought I was dead and I I had a pair of flip flops on no seatbelt God knows how well God does know how I survived but I couldn't work out why I couldn't get out of the car once it had come to a stop and it was because the car was on its side and I literally jumped out of the top of the car onto the floor into shards of glass picked up my phone rung the dealer and said yeah mate I'm here and can you bring me a pair of trainers please and he turned up the old builder and he was like fucking hell Bob you've had one here haven't you like passing me the gear and I was like yep Um and the coppers were there saying, Oh, you haven't been drink driving, sir, have you? And I was like, Me, God forbid, heaven forbid, you know? Um, I'm just gonna go to the garage to rest rest my nerves and having a quick one in the toilet and it just absolute carnage. And the worst part of that story is when I heard from the children of the girl that I was seeing that they said that their mum had said I was driving too fast, (coughs) I lost my shit with her. How dare you, how dare you say those things? I was going to get shopping to cook us a nice meal. Just absolute bollocks. Absolute bollocks. Liars. Liars that I believed. And, um, yeah, that was just one instance in a, a litany of just absolute chaos. And, yeah, my using, it got to the point, I was 38 years old in my mum's box room, again, pissing in bottles, smoking fags out of the, out of the window like a creature of the night getting to four in the morning running out not being able to cope with that so nicking her bank card sneaking out the back jumping over the back fence running to the ATM to meet this geezer please be there please be there please be there he was never fucking there running back over the back fence to put her credit card back trying my hardest not to make a sound even though mum I love you I could let a fog on off in her face and she wouldn't wake up I'm terrified of my own shadow to go back into my room to sniff in my room scared of my own heartbeat um to then just think, why the fuck have you done this again, Bob? Why the fuck have you done this again? And I didn't know. I did not know what I suffered with. Um, and then I'd lay there in despair with tissue up my nose. I used, to, I used to chuck tap water up my nose just to try to get more up there. It was fucking horrendous. Um, and I'd lay there looking at the ceiling thinking, you cunt, how have you done this again? And I'd look at the clock and I'd think, I've got four hours to work. And I'd blink and I'd look again it'd be three hours. Two hours. And I'd lay down. And just as I was about to s- drop off into sleep... The alarm would go off. And I'd be up. And I'd be out the door. And I've, I'm late. And I've got no keys. No I start. And I'm bunking the train. And I'm getting to Sainsbury's. And I'm rubbing a croissant and an orange Luke's aid... Because I'm fucking skin, And I'm going out. And I'm poncing fags all day. And I'm doing hardly any work. And I'm exhausted. On a fucking scaffold. Roofing. Just suffering. Badly. And then at some point... In the day, I'd have a Snickers and a Red Bull, and my ego would rebuild. And I think, on the way home, do you know what? I'm just going to get a cheeky half, a cheeky fucking half, and I'll get to bed about 11. Because I don't want to go to bed now, even though I'm absolutely exhausted, because I want to reset my body clock. So I'll just get a cheeky half, and I'll go to bed at 11. And it never fucking happened. I was just stuck in the same Groundhog Day existence of doing that, and it was miserable and soul-destroying to the point where my spirit just broke it was horrible living in debt lying cheating hiding a secret and i couldn't tell anyone just oh horrible 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 existence hostile existence and i was very fortunate like i say fortunate i was struggling with recovery for about 15 years i was in and out for 15 years at the meetings because i was introduced to the rooms at 24 and i came in and he was just talking about a book, and talking about a higher power, and I thought, what the fuck are you going on about, I need an injection to stop me using, and it all sounded Chinese, and I walked out the door, and in fact, I think I took the big book, and I sniffed lines off of it, um, I know I did that for a fact, I don't know why I so say I think, I did that, to my shame, um, and then I'd go out and smash myself, for another God knows how many years, until my back was against the wall, yet again, and I couldn't cope yet again, and then, you know, I'd, have to tell everyone, pay off a load of debt. Um, and I'd go back to the rooms and it would be the same bastard sat there looking even better than they did before. And I'd think, fuck you. And then I'd get a couple of weeks and I'd think, yeah, I'm all right now, I'm cured. I'm not like you lot. I'm all right, I'm not an addict. And, uh, and then I'd go out the door again for another few years and repeat the same behaviour, the same cycle till I was absolutely smashed again. And the book talks about being emotionally financially and spiritually bankrupt when we're finally ready and yeah i got to that stage you know i could not be honest i could not be honest with myself i couldn't be honest with other people i was doing it for other people i wanted to be one you know i wanted to want to stop but i didn't want to stop at various points it was just horrible i could not beat the obsession As soon as the thought come in it was game over as soon as i thought about gear listen let me tell you this if you're waking up thinking i'm not going to use today i'm not going to use today it's game over you've already lost the obsession's already on you. Um, so yeah I, I remember one particular day I was got to work late again tried to blame my brother-in-law um, told him that I didn't want to work there no more I was quite polite about it actually given that I had no sleep um, but yeah I was always late constantly late and just blaming everyone else all the time oh how easy is it to blame other people <laughs> so easy I did that my whole life you know um, but yeah I got to work uh, we had a falling out. I said goodbye. I went to call my mum to tell her what a dickhead he was, obviously, because it's his fault. Because it's always someone else's fault, and she just went, "Nah, not this time, Bob. I've had enough. You can't come back here. You've got to go. I don't know what to do with you." Like, bless that woman's heart. She was just all out of ideas, man. I'd I'd worn her soul down as well. Um, I used to lay in bed for like 36 hours, just lost calls, lost calls, wanting to die. Um, oh bad times man bad times but oh as they say it's darkest before the dawn but anyway rung up she didn't want to know so I had to leave the house and I'd always had that safety net and this time I was at the homeless person's unit and they didn't give a fuck and I'm facing the prospect of going to a hostel and sleeping in a room with other men that could potentially you know rob me or do whatever um no joy there sorry we're shut but I'm going to be homeless yeah we don't care um looking at Christian charities, there was no answer, so, I had 160 quid left, and I went and got, uh, a room at the railway, in Hornchurch, Essex, big ups, um, for just the most, heinous night, (laughs) I resented it, because it cost me 80 quid, and I had 80 quid left for gear, and that was just not going to touch the sides, and I just, did that bit of gear, laid there all night, absolutely hating myself, once again, tissue up my nose, suicidal, didn't want to, didn't want to live, but, you know, I didn't. Uh, I, I've got children, so that, like checking out was never an option. But I just didn't know how to live. I just didn't em- envisage a life without cocaine in it. Like I just resigned myself to being an addict. I remember thinking, like, oh, one day when I get married, how am I gonna like have dinner at my wedding when I'm gonna be on it? Like, Bob, whoa, man, you're not even in a relationship <laughs> and you're worried about that. Like that's how far gone I was in terms of accepting what what my life was gonna be like. I just couldn't imagine a life without. Yeah, how little did I know you know um, but yeah so laid there all all night just completely hating myself not understanding how I'd done it again and I resolved that when it, the time was right and it was late enough in the morning I'd ring my mum and I'd beg her to take me home and I was done I'd had enough I was done so I rung her up I said as much and she said relentingly yeah you can come home and I picked up that fucking day That fucking day. And the guy said something to me, that's how powerless I was. I picked up that day. Where had my resolve been? It just went. As soon as the thought came in, I was gone. I was powerless. And um, he said something to me that day that just made me snap internally. He turned up and I was expecting him to tick me one and he'd give me two. And my eyes lit up and he said to me, I know what you need. I'm your fucking doctor. And I just crumbled as a man, as a human being. I just crumbled. I couldn't do it anymore. No like mass hysteria, no mass carnage. Just that little comment just was enough to just bring my walls down internally, and I'd had enough. I've still done those two tickets though, because <laughs> I'm a fucking addict. Um, but after that, I, I rang someone in the rooms, and he'd seen me come in and out, you know, he'd seen me not work a program, he'd seen me only put half measures in and get no results. And he said to me, this time, Bob, this time, are you willing to go to any lengths? And uh, I said, yes. And I embarked on this 12-step journey. And my life since is, is just changed beyond all comprehension, you know. Our book talks about a psychic change. And I didn't know what that meant. And I do today. I understand that to mean my experience of life was that it was a dark, hostile horrible scary place and that's not my experience today i i I love life it's beautiful it's vibrant it's colorful i'm lucky to be here it's fulfilling it's satisfying i've got peace of mind i'm extremely (laughs) lucky um so this journey that i went on it changed me it changes anyone that goes on it it's available to anyone like if you're willing to be honest and far out and open-minded um and so i embarked on a journey with this man which led me to like building trust of another human being for the first time probably in my life trusting this man with my secrets like step four for us is i'll give you i won't take you through the steps because if you do manage to get to recovery or you do manage to find the meetings i want you to have your own journey but needless to say, step four is that we've done a, a fearless and searching moral inventory of ourselves and i had a good look at all the resentments i didn't even know what that word meant resentment i was full of resentment i was full of anger at the world i hated the world i hated myself and part of this process is to list down everyone that you're resentful with the reason why what the cause is uh how that affects you and then more importantly your part in it what part you played in it and what you could have done better and and you know hats off to anyone that goes through that process honestly and thoroughly because I realised that the problem wasn't everyone else. The problem was me. Like, I'm fucking insecure, jealous, irrational, control freak, frightened, scared, worried. Um, just a whole realm of character defects. Um, and more importantly, that I'd placed myself in a position to be hurt so many times that it was my doing. You know, if if the world needs to change, I'm fucked. But if I need to change, I've got half a chance. And Went through this beautiful process with this man where I'd be listing my character defects and I'd say to him, yeah, I think I've been a little bit insecure there and a little bit jealous. And he'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob, do you think you've been a bit arrogant? And I'd say, Oh, yep, been a bit arrogant as well. And (laughs) I'd go on to the next one and I'd say, I've been insecure, I've been a little bit jealous. And he'd say, yeah, Bob, do you think you've been a bit arrogant? And I'd go, yep, 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 yep. And what happened was I came away with a list of character defects where now if something is not right in my day i can look at myself and say right what's going on bob are you feeling jealous yes what's the opposite of being jealous are you being selfish bob what's the opposite of being selfish i've got these tools to know that if it's me off kilter it's my problem then i've got the tools to deal with it you know that's one aspect uh, of this program um but i came away from that experience because I'd been through step four before but I hadn't ever been honest I'd never talked about my childhood trauma or the sexual trauma or the homosexual stuff I'd done in the madness out of curiosity I'd never like that stuff was coming with me to the grave you know and little did I know that stuff was taking me to the grave all the shameful things I'd done I had to share these with another person and I did that and I came home from that experience a changed man like I'd come home and my mum would say are you done this time Bob and I'd say oh you know never say never But this particular time I came back and I said, yes, mum, I'm done. I'm never going to do it again. I knew something had changed within me. And that first year was absolutely beautiful. You know, I made amends. I made amends to the people in my life that I love. I made amends to the people in my life that um, I was scared of. I made amends to the people that I didn't think deserved it in the first instance until I was able to pray on it and see that my part in it. And slowly but surely I cleared away the wreckage of my past i had a beautiful first year in recovery it was fucking amazing i learned prayer and meditation properly um but by the end of that year i was feeling sick and i needed to freshen up my recovery so i went and saw someone else in the rooms who i liked what he was saying and what he had and you know that's what they say if you f- see someone in the rooms that's got what you like ask him like be my sponsor a man armed with the facts about himself and i went and saw this man and He said to me, where are you with your amends? And I said, yeah, 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 I've done them. And he was like, Bob. I was like, no, 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 I've done them. And he was like, Bob. I was like, ah, shit, yeah. There was one particular amends. Like, I'd go around thinking I was the Dalai Lama, and I'd think about this person, and I'd think, oh, fuck you, man. Um, And I couldn't see my part in it. And this chap asked me to, check this out, pray pray for the willingness to see my part in it pray for the willingness to see my part in it and over time that was revealed to me all of, all of my um, the things that I'd done that contributed to that and I was able to make amends to that person and it was a beautiful experience and I went back to the man and he said where are you with your amends and I said yeah I'm done and he said Bob and I said no I'm done I promise and he said he said something that broke me in half he said what about you and uh, how true you know like i'd been a tornado through the lives of other people and and through my unknowing i'd caused such a lot of pain and suffering to other people throughout my life and throughout their lives and i tried to make amends out throughout that first year but he 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 said to me like since the beginning of time bod the person that you've done a number on the most is you like as a child all those negative horrible unloving things i'd felt about myself um And he gave me some homework, which the first of which was to write a letter of amends to myself. I wrote three pages of why I'm sorry to my inner child, you know, six-year-old Bobby. I'm sorry for starving you. I'm sorry for exhausting you. I'm sorry for dehydrating you. I'm sorry for renting your soul out. Like I'm sorry for everything, the way I've mistreated you. And then another three pages on how I was going to make amends to that child like, I'm going to guarantee you get seven hours sleep, I'm going to guarantee you get exercise and nourishment, and feed your spirit and your soul from here on in, and that's what I've done throughout my journey, like, God willing, in January, I'll be four years clean and sober, after, (laughs) after a long battle with cocaine, and the irony is that, you know, I used to Google ways to kill myself the least painfully, and how to beat addiction, and, everything I read on addiction was, you're in for a slog, it's going to be an arduous battle, blah, 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 blah. That's not been my experience, man. Once I had that internal snap, and I was willing to go to any lengths, I got well, and it was easy. I just surrendered to the flow. Like, that's what I understand being spiritual to be today. Like, I have to let go of control every single day. Like, ultimately, the 12-step program is a way to... Remove all the blockages in your past that's prevented you from having a spiritual experience. And I've had numerous spiritual experiences in our program. There is a spiritual component, which means you need to develop a faith and a belief in a higher power, and that's personal to you. Um, and it's beautifully put in our book, it's so beautifully put. Um, how to you know develop this gift, this beautiful how would I describe it anchor in my life like I'm from Cannon Town man when if you I used to come into the meetings you'd talk to me about God and I'd think fuck off I want something tangible God and a book how's that gonna work for me and ever since I started listening and I followed this process I've developed a connection with something that's truly outside of myself something that I can't I don't know what it is I can't give you a conception of it every single person's journey will be different but you will feel a connection with something much bigger than yourself, something beautiful. Um, and since I've been putting my trust in that, my life's changed. My life's changed immeasurably. Um, every day when I wake up, before I wake up, my head's on top of me. Oh, fuck today off. Like I'm, My default setting is just negative, man. <laughs> before I even woke up, my head's on top of me. And it's at that point that I connect with this higher power. And I just talk to it informally, mate, please help me get out of bed. Um, and I get up and I put the kettle on and I come over to this desk and I start writing a gratitude list. And by the time I've written five things, I can start smiling. And by the time I've written ten things, I can actually feel grateful. And I've ru- I read that list back and I underline each time I use the word grateful And uh, it's been a huge gift. It changes the way that my mind's set up for the day. And then I have a look at my phone and I've probably got 30 messages from other addicts, you know, who, words of encouragement, positive quotes, positivity, their gratitude list, five things they're grateful not to do anymore. And by reading that stuff, it just sets me on a higher plane, a higher frequency. And then I do a little bit of prayer and then I do some meditation and I centre myself before I start my day. And, like, my days used to be so hectic, man. Like I said, before, the, the, the alarm would go off and I'd jump up and I'm out the door like a fucking lunatic. And my days are not like that today. Like, I've got more than enough time. <laughs> I get up early. I make sure I centre myself. I'm never in a rush Um, ...at peace with things... ...you know like... ...I used to hear the phrase... ...control freak... ...and it used to just make me bristle... ...and I understand why now... ...because... ...left to my own devices... ...I'm not only... ...full of fear... ...full of resentment... ...full of anger... ...full of conflict... ...full of character defects... ...I'm just... ...a control freak... (laughs) ...and nothing ever goes my way... ...like our book talks about... ...being a director... ...if only this person had stayed out... ...if only that person had stayed there ...and say this and do that... ...everything would be wonderful and it's not true like my experience is left to me my life goes to shit super quick like it's not control is my own worst enemy so what i have to do is learn to just accept that what is is and let god take over because god's plan is infinitely greater than mine you know um and i realized my insignificance in the grand scheme of things today um yeah, unity and fellowship and brotherhood. Like these meetings open up. I used to get to a meeting just as it was about to start, listen to the message, and quickly fuck off, and then wonder why I wasn't getting well. Um, and I understand how selfish that is today. You know, unity and fellowship and brotherhood is a massive part of why we get well, and we're all there to support each other. Like if you go to a meeting, you'll be you'll be welcomed with open arms with people full of love. I used to turn up so angry and just yeah. I used to think that the whole thing was set up for my benefit, <laughs> that everyone was lying, that there was no way these people could be clean, because by the end, I couldn't get a day clean, you know, um, and I understand today that how deluded I was, and how beautiful a thing that we've actually got, you know, for the newcomer, to have people put their arms around you and say, listen man, everything's going to be all right. And then hear your story. I used to think I was the only one that would do this weird shit, you know, or think these nutty things. And then you go to a meeting and you realise that there's this whole bunch of people that are exactly the same as you. It's so empowering, man. Um, Today I've got friends around me that I trust with my life who know that I can be trusted. I'm reliable. I never miss a day's work. I'm at university studying for a degree at the grand old age of 41. I've travelled in sobriety on my own. Like I've done things that are just I, that were beyond my comprehension prior to coming into recovery this time around. I go to West Ham. I go to comedy nights. Um, I went to Brighton to watch a gig the other night. Like everything I thought I couldn't have, I've got and more, thanks to recovery. And over the course of the next few weeks, I want to introduce you to a few of my friends who will tell you the same story of what it was like, what they did and what their life's like today as a result of doing a 12-step program, getting a sponsor, going to meetings and living a more spiritual life. Um, My life today is absolutely beautiful um, and I hope if you're struggling with addiction you hear this message and and you find yourself a meeting. Um, Yeah, let's see what we can do. I'm going to leave it there, but recovered1440.com the Cabin Fever Sessions Episode One Over and Out. God bless. We may refer to the Source by different names. God, the Higher Power, the Holy Spirit, or perhaps the cosmos. The source of the entire details of this